Usually uh, there are some data that say that more than two thirds of all conversions have more than one interaction. It's not, it may not be like directly clear which of these channel entries actually end up with the conversion, as in which contributed the most to the conversion. So where this data science comes in is with the more sophisticated modeling. Anything you can do to improve the the, the value of the data that you have uh, will greatly improve the models. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Ball.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Hello, welcome. It's been a while, but we're back. And yes, we have way more recordings uh, already planned for you. But first into the topic of today. The topic of the show is, uh, yeah, in a way, why we like to be hosts of this podcast. We like it because we can learn a lot about all kinds of areas in our business. And in this show, we dive into the marketing domain, a domain that isn't very, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, spending a lot of time there to put it like that. So today we're going to learn about models like uh, multi-touch attribution, lift studies, time decay, more like that. So what could that be? It's marketing attribution. Peter, what can you tell me about it? Yeah, what we what we can tell about it. Yes, marketing, and, and we already uh, had it, uh, the discussions about the podcast ourselves, uh, Peter Paul, and I don't know if you can remember that the marketing part was always the hardest part in, uh, in making this podcast. But today, we, t- we yeah, our our guests of today talk about the marketing attribution, so a specific part. And um, uh, one of uh, our guests shared a link with us. It's coming from marketingevolution.com. And the short definition is, to put simply, marketing attribution is the analytical science of determining which marketing tactics are contributing to sales or conversions. So uh, yeah, the guests of the show will uh, share everything they know about it. So time to introduce them, Peter Paul. Yeah, so today we have uh, Ernst and Ivan. So Ernst uh, is a data scientist and a craft lead for data science. And Ivan is a senior software engineer in data science. So uh, yeah, let's uh, look into uh, marketing attribution uh, with them. So yeah, for the listeners that aren't too familiar with the concept, what is marketing attribution? Uh, sure, can I give, give this question a try? So my name is uh, Ivan Bolinjevic. Uh, as you guys introduced me, I'm the engineer in our team called uh, Team Smart Ads, and we are working on this marketing attribution at Bolt.com. So Peter already explained it uh, <laughs> simply, and uh, I can elaborate a bit more on the on the concept itself. So the main idea, the main problem that we're trying to solve with marketing attribution is that uh, usually there are many interactions that the customer can go through uh, before they uh, do a specific action that the company wants. And in our case, this uh, action is a conversion where we want the customers to find our website to, to fi- uh, for as many of them to find it and possibly uh, as many of them to, to convert on the website. And since uh, this is t- in today's um, digital landscape, this is not a simple, a simple path, right? So it's quite rare that the customer uh, comes to to the website just and has just one interaction where they just buy something for one time. Usually uh, there are some data that say that more than two thirds of all conversions have more than one interaction. 
So this means that uh, it's not easy to to figure out with all those uh, multiple interactions which which was the one that uh, had the most effect on the customer actually converting. And this is the main thing that attribution tries to solve. It tries to uh, tries to assign value to each step, uh, each interaction of a customer, and to to give a certain value to this interaction so that we can uh, spend our budget on marketing the most in the most effective way in order to maximize our total conversions for for the website. So I, I would say that's kind of in, in broad terms what the marketing attribution does. Okay, and um, um, try to summarize it for myself. Uh, are we talking about getting people on our website or is it also uh, the journey on the website itself? Yeah, so this is uh, this depends on, on how deep you want to go into attribution. So currently the main driver is getting people to the website and to convert, to buy something. And this also can be split up into several things. You can first have actually getting them to the website, click, clicking on advertisements. And then you can, and then the second part could be also interactions on the website itself. So for our team, what we are currently doing is more and more focusing on this first part of actually um, figuring out what has led the customers to the website itself. And then later on, we can have more granular approaches, uh, which I'm sure Ernst will also go into later, where we can see um, on the website itself, uh, you know, which pages were more effective uh, and if they drove people away or, or they made them purchase, uh, made them more likely to, to convert. But for us, for now, the main driver is really just getting somebody to the website and converting. What, what kind of channels are we talking about? Can you give some examples? Sure. So we have, uh, there are many channels that uh, can go into play when we're talking about our attribution. And uh, they're basically, we can classify them in um, external websites. So these are things like um, if somebody searches for something on Google, they search for uh, tvkopenbaybo.com or just tvkopen, uh, they will see a paid advertisement uh, for buying a television set on ball.com. And this is one external channel because we paid to have this result shown in the Google results. And if the customer clicks on this channel, then they will go to our website and we will see uh, what was the referrer in the, uh, that brought them to the website. So we can attribute that visit of that customer to the paid uh, paid advertisement at Google. So this is, then Google has several types. They also have Google Shopping, which products you can see pictures of, you can immediately go to individual products. Google also has uh, text advertising where it's it, it's mostly based on text. You get the links based on the text, and there are other 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 ways as well. So one other maybe interesting one is the affiliate partners. So Ball.com has affiliate partners where we look at uh, other websites can host certain commercials for links to Ball.com, and if if somebody gets if a customer goes to an affiliate partner site and then later goes to Ball.com and converts. We want to be able to credit this partner for bringing traffic to our website. So this is another type of uh, channel that we can have. Uh, what we also have are uh, some uh, more. So you, as you mentioned, we also have on the site interactions. So we have interactions such as personalization, recommendations, sponsored products. So this is after a customer is already on our website, uh, we can guide their journey in certain ways, and we can also attribute different parts of this journey in certain ways. So if, if we see that the customer has clicked on a recommendation, then we know this recommendation has been good in driving more traffic towards purchase. So this is uh, all part of on-site interaction. We also have 
uh, even going not, and that was a bit that was a bit going a level deep. It was on the site. We can actually go levels above. Uh, there are also display and uh, social uh, uh, advertisements. So there, even on Facebook, people can can go from Facebook to Ball.com, and that's really like a complete external platform, social uh, social network where people can find Ball.com that way. They can also find it through advertisements on YouTube or. Uh, and we, even further than that, we could we, there are also television commercials, radio commercials, and uh, you know everything that's really not directly <laughs> on the laptop, kind of of the of, of the or the whatever device that the customer is using. They, exactly. But they are, so, so because an important uh, distinction between the latter two and all the previous ones is that they're they're offline, and the, all the other ones were online, basically, uh, right? I think yes. there there there's very interesting uh, yeah uh, uh, distinction between the two but for for our models do we also take these offline uh, ones into account uh, at this point in time we do not and uh, okay. we will yeah so that's uh, that is pretty pretty difficult to do and at this mm -hmm. point in time we do not take this into account perhaps in the future we will try to see if we can somehow take them into account as well exactly so so for for the for the the the, the so um, for the the, the Things that we're talking about now in the podcast has made that that all the uh, online uh, marketing things that we're doing uh, on social platforms, in advertising Google or other places, uh, affiliate partners, stuff like that, to drive people to our website uh, where they hopefully will buy uh, products. Yes, exactly. Okay. Cool. So maybe that's that's a nice bridge uh, to you, uh, Ernst, because hey, you you get this information from all these partners and channels. Uh, you, you know the customer, you know what they did on our website, so you can count it, and you know what what the value is, right? So that sounds simple. So uh, what what makes it complex, and and why uh, do we need data science for that? Um, it's two questions. Maybe start with uh, with the first one, complexity. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it, at first, at face value, it, it sounds like you're discounting things. Uh, but if you have a path of, uh, so say someone visited the website in like five times over the past two weeks and ends up buying something, it's not. It may not be like directly clear which of these channel entries actually ended up with the conversion, as in which contributed the most to the conversion. I think that's where data science kind of uh, shines because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of simple methods. To be able to do attribution, for instance, just take the last click, as in the last click you had before you bought something, give all the contribution to that channel, or maybe the first click, depending on what you want to focus on, or maybe spread it uh, like evenly among all the channels that uh, were in a path. Uh, however, that's all rather simplistic, and they're kind of like, yeah, really sort of intuitively nice, but maybe not very realistic. Uh, so where this data science comes in is with the more sophisticated modeling, uh, so there's uh, several methods where you can uh, use the purchase path, as we call it. So basically a path that leads to a purchase uh, to determine which of the channels were actually the most important. So data science allows you, or this modeling allows you to basically give a weight to each of these channels uh, in a way that's data-driven. So it actually looks at which of these channels were more important than others uh, to give basically a weight to each channel. And that means that, so if you have five channels, it might be that the middle one contributed 40% and the last one only contributed, I don't know, 12%. Um, but then you at least have like an idea of how to spread uh, the revenue of that one order across all of these different channels. Is, is that something that we determine ourselves or do marketeers have a common agreement uh, in, in specific models uh, on, on these figures? 
and as it were? Uh, so the problem is that you don't really have a ground truth because there's not really um, you don't really know what what is the truth with attribution. It's all kind of like how you interpret it. Um, so a lot of like the, the the simplest thing to do is use a last click model uh, because then it's just the last thing that you saw before the purchase. That's the thing that you give credit to. Um, but there's also I think a lot of people, a lot of companies use the more uh, data-driven attribution products that, for instance, Google offers. Because uh, Google has a lot of insight and, of course, what a lot of companies are doing. Uh, so they, they basically give that as a product where people can see um, which paths, uh, which channels contributed in the path. Um, there is no real like consensus about which method is the best. Uh, one of the ones that, one of the things that we find very important is that it's understandable. Uh, so that people uh, within Bold.com, like our stakeholders, that they know why uh, in a certain path uh, it gets contributed more to, I know, Google search rather than an affiliate partner, for instance. So we wanted to make it understandable, which is a challenge because a lot of, often data science might be a little bit hard to understand. Uh, but that's one of the things that we really want to sort of, uh, one of our goals that we want to want to achieve with this project as well. Can you, can you give an example in, 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 in what you did to make things understandable? What, uh, what uh, first, of all, uh, first of all, we, we check everything that we do, like all of our assumptions with our business stakeholders. So there's a lot of assumptions in, for instance, how you create a path. Uh, there are certain uh, uh, assumptions, uh, for instance, in whether you uh, overwrite certain channels. Uh, one of the things that we, uh, which is very custom to do, is that you overwrite the direct channel, so direct entry. So if you don't go through any external channel, you just go to bold.com. Often it's overwritten by a channel that you uh, used before. To say if you first come in on Google uh, paid advertising and later you come into uh, just directly, then that last one is sort of ignored and they will say, okay, it was still Google paid. Uh, it's one of these things which are conventions that uh, happens a lot with attribution, but are never really challenged. So we try to challenge this with the business stakeholders as much as possible. Like, do we really want this? Is this really what you guys need in this uh, set, uh, in this setting? Uh, but also, for instance, if someone changes their account in the middle of a journey, like if, uh, <laughs> if a person on a website and they, for instance, change to a different uh, account, how do we handle that? Uh, do we care about um, changing devices? All of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of logic sort of hidden in the details. Um, which we can make assumptions about, but we'd rather like check them with a business saying, okay, we do this, are you okay with this? Are you, uh, uh, do you sign off on this? If so, then we'll use this logic to uh, create our paths. Uh, and I think we need to do a similar thing with how we actually tackle, actually, are actually going to tackle the logic si assigning attribution. Um, okay, so 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 to 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 give a, a, a real world example that that you're talking about uh, about switching devices and uh, switching accounts. So if my daughter is trying to find something on our site on her mobile phone and they, then she walks over to me, and then uh, I'm in uh, with my laptop and she says, "Yeah, you have to buy this for me now." And I'm on my laptop buying the thing. That's that's the kind of difficult things you're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, but for instance, like. Uh... So now I think it doesn't really happen that much, for instance, but shared computers like in a, in a university or in a library, because um, we kind of like, we, we, we try to create the path that a, a single person took. So uh, a single consumer. Uh, but if there is someone that you share the computer with, that's not uh, someone like within your household, then that path gets very 
modeled? What do you do with that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is one of like the questions that we need to answer. Do we just say, okay, this is this device uh, is going to be shared by a lot of people? We, yeah, there's always room for mistakes, so we're just going to take that mistake and leave it in there, or are we really going to just focus on, okay, this is customer. We only care about customers that have been logged in, and we only take those interactions. Um, that kind of logic we need to think about and also need to sort of estimate how big the problem is, for instance, of having multiple accounts on the same device. Um, just to sort of figure out what are the best uh, choices to make. Yeah, yeah. and so um, to make a step towards, okay, what do we want to achieve? I, I, I assume that uh, I, in, in the beginning you shared that we use a lot of channels to attract people to the, to the website. So I can understand that we uh, want to determine what channel do we uh, need to in, invest in. But is it also a, a check on what advertisement does work and, and what advertisement, advertising doesn't? So do you know the content of the advertisement? Do you measure that one as well in, uh, and take it into account with your models? Um, so sort of a face value, we mostly care about high over the channels. So which which interactions led to which uh, purchases, and attribution in a sense, like if something is not working, it will not contribute to the path. So the more advanced models will okay. ident identify this. So if there is a, a channel in there which never actually adds anything to uh, the path as a whole, it will have zero contribution, uh, and the model or the the logic will figure this out, uh, and will say, okay, this this path will have very small contribution or just zero yeah. at all. Because uh, you could make a point like every interaction that brings you the ball with com is is valuable, so maybe every channel has like a sort of default basic level of contribution, but maybe sometimes it doesn't go above that. Maybe it's just uh, maybe it just doesn't add anything to it. So that's mainly if you look at how how people uh, get on the site. But do you also measure like because uh, the 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 aim is to get people on the site and to buy stuff. But do we also check, for example, which worked very well for books or for electronics or for, um, I don't know, care products? Or is it just getting on the site and buying stuff? The the uh, aim is, for instance, now we are, we are creating these purchase paths. So it's something that we uh, haven't really done before. If we have those paths, then we can also do analysis on it. So uh, one of the things that Ivan has already done is an analysis for our affiliate partners where we can actually see where each of the partners are within the path, as in are they at the beginning of the journey or at the end of the journey. Um, and we can do the same thing for certain types of products. So if, for instance, books, we can see, okay, when do certain interactions happen on average? Uh, do people actually interact often with uh, external channels when buying books? Or maybe they all come in uh, directly because, you know, Bull.com is one of the main uh online booksellers within the Netherlands. So maybe we don't really care that much about our external channels and maybe we want to focus more on, on other things. So that's all insights that we want to uh, sort of um, learn from uh, in going to a more intelligent marketing system, I would say. Okay, uh, Eva, can you take us with us on your journey? What would you did so far to uh, to make this uh, more insightful eh, for the for the people in Bolotcom. Sure. Yeah. So we our journey is uh, started last year already when we when we had a uh, when we were looking into this whole uh, sphere of attribution and uh, what are we going to do with it. And then we we realized that 
this was probably going to be one of the more core uh, core aspects of our team because it forms the basis for a lot of the innovations that we want to do. As, as a team, uh, we are interested in optimizing digital marketing. So anything you can do to improve the, the, the value of the data that you have uh, will greatly improve the models. So in, in data science, there's something called garbage in, garbage out, which is very important for for basically producing quality data and creating uh, quality models from it. If the data is not uh, very good, then the models won't be very good. So one of the first steps was actually getting some data somewhere else, as, as usually it is. And our first task was uh, deprecating an old system that was uh, being used uh, as a company. It was called Bit uh, from the data warehouse. And as a company, we are moving to the cloud in general. And what was happening was that this was some it was an automated query that was run by a team which set it up uh, several years ago and they had zero well, interest in uh, expanding on it. This was simply there and they maintained it, but there was no reason for them to do anything with it. And we also had to deprecate the entire bit uh, as, a, as a software, so the software had to go away. And then the most natural thing to do was to move it to the cloud. Uh, which we did, uh, which did, we did last year. So we had a well, collaboration with Team 7 on this and uh, Team 4 that uh, handled the SOAR. And basically, we, we kind of together went into the data and we, we wanted to see when we build a new system in the cloud, uh, will the data still stay the same? And if not, what will the differences be? And can we explain these differences? And this was uh, one of the main uh, main things that we did last year. And then this was this is now working since uh, August last year. We have we are now in charge of basically aggregating all of the marketing-related data as well. We we aggregate the from sales, so you know how many sales were sold on a given day, and uh, to which um, to which channel, marketing channel, were those orders attributed to. And this is something that's done internally in our uh, monolith application webshop, uh, and this logic is something that we at first step didn't touch. So that was the core logic of attribution, which we at first step didn't touch. We just moved the data. Now in the second step, we, which we started uh, in uh, yeah last year in Q3, we already built these. We we built a new pa a new job in the in Google Cloud, where we use our internal uh, our own internal data. Uh, yeah, our own internal data pipeline, which is called M2, made to tape null. I'm not sure if you already had a podcast on this, but this is an entire topic that. Uh, yeah, I can... and we had them in the podcast, so Great. we can. Uh, yeah, we, we will take a, a we will refer to the link in the in the show notes. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Great, because I was also in Team M2 before, and I could talk about it forever. But <laughs> but basically, the idea is that we use M2 uh, as it provides. Uh, High quality data from our own website. It, it's very customizable. We can do anything we want with it. We can add things, of course, with the agreement by Team Two. And our new system is going to do the same job that um, that the previous system has been doing in the webshop, uh, but it will be based on M2 data. And this will allow us to extend it uh, as much as we want and go as complex as we want. Because currently, a technical limitation in the well, there are some technical limitations in the way the attribution is currently done, which allows them to only use one certain type of model. And we want to be able to first reproduce that and then uh, move on. And so far, we are more or less reproducing it, but we still have some final uh, quirks to get out of the system in terms of, uh, yeah, some missing orders are, are happening and we have to see why that's happening. But uh, this should be, you know, this should be ironed out uh, pretty soon, we hope. 
and then when that is uh, that is all fine, then we can start going live and actually replacing the, our idea is to uh, if when I mentioned this first system that we built last year, that was the data a system transferring the data from ourselves to an external party uh, through the Google Cloud, uh, then we will replace the source of that data with the M2 data. And maybe one final note on that, uh, just because it might be interesting, is that we, we use this external party called BGenius, and basically uh, they they provide the tooling for uh, optimizing our marketing campaigns. So uh, our SEA specialists can look at the the data that we provide with the job, and this data can they can base some of their more uh, manual uh, ways of changing this this. Uh, Campaign bidding, basically, when you, oh, maybe, maybe also Ernst can go into that a bit. I don't want to go too long into it, but it's it's basically a system that allows them to optimize their channels and how they're with uh, <laughs> Google, and uh, our data services is a, is a basis for that. Hey, but what you described so far is setting up the basics, right, for for yeah. this uh, marketing attribution, because yes. Or, or do you uh, see this already as data science, this uh, um, assigning sales to the marketing channels? I don't think so, right? Well, uh, yes and no, because we are currently, uh, in terms of production, it's not really data science. I, I, can, I would say that, because what's, what we have on production is just a, first a pipeline that goes from one place to another. That's, that's just a pipeline, that's just data engineering. And the second part is, you could call it very basic data science, because we do a lot of uh, transformations we do a lot of you know we do some feature engineering we, we create some features but then we create some we apply some very simple attribution models so it is a it is data science but it is a bit okay. simple uh, and at the same time we are at the same we are at the same time exploring uh, the more advanced models so Ersk has been working on the Shapley model which uh, he can go into if, if you're interested and I've been working investigating the Markov chain attribution model because we have all this data now that we're creating and uh, piling up in the cloud. And we also built it such a way that uh, the data is in BigQuery and we can access it so that we can do investigations on it. So, yeah, in terms of production, simple data science. In terms of uh, current investigations, we are doing more complex models already. Yeah, and you, you went really quick over the, the, the two examples of difficult or more complex uh, models. Which, yeah. which one did you mention? So the first one is a Shapley, a Shapley value attribution. And I think Ernst would be better qualified to talk about that one because he's been doing the analysis on that. And I have done Markov chain analysis, Markov chain attribution. My and I can, maybe I can quickly tell you about Markov chain because that could be interesting. And then Ernst can talk, talk about Shapley. Cool. Please. Yeah. So uh, basically the idea with Markov chains, what is a Markov chain? A Markov chain is a mathematical concept where you have chains of events. And you try to estimate what is the probability of going from one event to another event. And in our case, you could say that each event is a, is a visit of a customer uh, to the website uh, where they say, okay, this time they came in through a Google page search. And then next time they come in through something else. And then what the Markov chain will tell you is that it will look at all the hi historical purchase paths that Ernst mentioned. The purchase paths are basically... You know, these ways that the customer landed on a purchase, they first went to this and then to that and then direct access, then they purchased. That's maybe one path. And then the Markov chain looks at the historic uh, data and, and from this historic data calculates what will be the probability if a customer is on this point, what's the probability if, if is the customer is, you know, entered this time through Google page search, 
uh, what is the probability that next time they will convert? Or what is the probability of next time they will go to direct access? Uh, or what, you know, so this is, that's the basic idea. And when you have all of these different, uh, they're called transition probabilities. So the probability of going from one uh, state to another, in our case, one channel, a marketing channel to another channel, then you can gauge what is the, what is the effect of individual channels. So you can calculate something called the removal effects, which means that you take your purchase path, you take all of the events that happen in it, and then you calculate what's the probability of converting. And then you take the same path, and if you're interested in one of these channels, let's say in the path we again had this Google paid search, we take out one of these channels, and then we see what is the total probability of a person converting with that path, and then we can compare that to the situation where the channel was in there. And then based on yeah, just simple uh, ratios of those things, uh, we can estimate, okay, Google is approximately worth this much. You know? So then this is a sort of more advanced uh, data-driven way of, of estimating what channels will uh, contribute to, to somebody actually purchasing something based on a lot of history and uh, yeah, just some mathematics, basically. And I think uh, Ernst can now tell you about uh, the Shapley value uh, attribution models. Yeah, sure. Um... So Shapley is actually something that comes from game theory. So the idea is that uh, in, in a game you have some players uh, and all players in that game uh, contribute to the total value that they create. And in this case for attribution, basically the players are channeled. Um, and in, in essence, the Shapley uh, um, approach is a little bit similar to the Markov chain, as in you look at the set of channels and then uh, what, for instance, their conversion rate is, and then you take out channels, individual channels, to see how that actually changes uh, the conversion uh, rate. Uh, and then there's like a mathematical uh, basis behind it that if you, um, within the entire path, you basically calculate all pos possible combinations, and you calculate how uh, within each of these calculations in certain path or certain channel actually contributes within those subsets. And taking all of that together, it's a bit sort of uh, black boxy in a sense, but or a bit weird. Uh, but if you take all of that together, you get to a contribution of a single channel within the path. And that's uh, that's a very, very, very brief. It's sort of the way the Shepley method works. Uh, obviously, there's way more theory and uh, mathematical basis behind it. But uh, in, a, in a nutshell, that was it. Yeah, and why are you choosing two methods beside each other? Why are you working with in such a way? Um, we want to sort of be able to compare a lot of different stuff because there is no <laughs> ground truth uh, and there's a lot of people being affected by what we do. So uh, a lot of, I mean, all of the individual channels have teams behind them, which are, of course, dependent on certain budgets. So whatever <laughs> model we choose to uh, sort of act on, we want to be able to make the right choice also for them. <laughs> so we want to actually have like an entire sort of group of comparisons where we have different methodologies that we can sort of put next to each other mm -hmm. and that we can also like together with them make a choice like where what do you feel most comfortable with mm -hmm. obviously some teams or some channels will be uh will be told that they will have less budget based on this others will get more uh so that will already be sort of like a, maybe a tough pill to swallow but at least we want to make it as transparent as possible for people that we don't just posit a model saying hey this is what comes out and now everything changes we want it to be a dialogue, um, and we are also actually looking into like other methods where we really take into the like we're going to look a bit more into the relevance of the path. So, mm -hmm. given a certain uh, the site entry, do you actually see 
the product that you're going to buy later on. Uh, so you actually have also sort of a relevance value within the path as well, uh, which is also something that we're exploring right now. Um, but we want to basically put all of these methods together in one sort of big comparison tool so that people know um, what has changed if we do if we uh, choose for a single model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that every single model is available at the, every single time so that people know what the, what the impact would be of choosing a different model. Okay. Did you also formulate like a hypothesis on what which models should point a little in what direction? Do you also have you also been looking at it like that? Uh, so we're now sort of currently com- sort of seeing the effects of choosing the more advanced attribution model. So we mm-hmm. have like a sort of few very simple analyses uh, with these models, but we know that things can change quite radically because certain channels, for instance, are more at the front of the uh, journey and more and more at the end. So there is going to be certainly some impact. Um, how is actually going to change everything? We don't really know yet. Um, and one of the challenges is also that attribution is very hard to measure. As I said, there's no ground truth. Yeah. We don't really know what is best. Uh, so it will basically be a sort of paradigm shift from going from what we currently have to a new approach. Yeah. And it will be very, also very hard to see whether we're successful. Because in the end, we're, we're aiming for more efficiency. Um, but it's not something that you can just put in an A-B test and say, uh, you know, we're going to just test this with two different groups. Because you're going to change the budget, so it's going to be yeah. you cannot just split your budget in different ways. Um, so that's going to be an, an interesting one as well, and also again, why we want to make sure that everyone's on board from the business as well, that they're aware of what we're doing, aware of all the choices that we make, and that they feel comfortable with the model that comes out. Okay. I'm really curious that so we we uh, over the last uh, years we we spent a lot of uh, budget into the different channels. And based on on the insights you're now gaining with with these new models, did uh, of course we cannot share numbers, I, I believe, but did we move some budget really radically to another channel because of new insights? Uh, I didn't see any major change. I mean, the like the main channels that we have, they still remain the main channels. Um, I think it's more a little bit more on the level of how much each of these channels gets, um, was from what I've seen. Uh, Ivan, you can say something as well. Yeah, B, that's that's true. We haven't really seen many changes, but as I said, we ourselves didn't uh, uh, put on production anything that's uh, completely new, right? So we we so far basically just reproduce the same data that's uh, yeah. that's in the cloud. So in, in, yeah. yeah, in that sense, we did not um, change anything, but uh, we do see in terms of um, investigations into uh, spans on channels we do see that because of the you know the current models the current uh, the current models being used which I, I also think we are not uh, allowed to share but because of that one there we can see certain trend trends moving to certain channels and this is something that we want to see uh, how this will be affected by um, uh, looking at it for different models because of the, the it's also because it's so simplified it it does tend to you know overestimate the effects of certain models. So we do have something to work towards to to, to check in, with the new models. But currently, it's still we do see a trend in general towards something. But that's not because of us. That's just because of the the way the current simple model works. It also feels a bit um, scary, right? To 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 shift 
budgets around uh, based based on on these models to uh, yeah th- this is exactly why i think ernst uh, mentioned how important it is to be able to explain things you know and yeah. how, how important it is to be able to have things in parallel as well so i think one of our main ideas is to have uh we will you will have to see i mean our ideally we just you know do this paradigm shift we switch to one model and then everybody use that model but maybe this is not the case you know maybe maybe for certain channels or certain aspects of the organization it makes more sense to apply a different type of model and uh, this is why we i think we need to be able to do uh, more models at the same time and we need to understand all of them and i think this could be so you know when we're talking about budgets and entire yearly you know millions of euros we we need to make sure that we're all talking about the same thing that we have the same truth that's that's what we're aiming towards but in terms of optimizations i think it's more important to have something that is explainable so that it and it also makes sense to both parties so one thing i've i've noticed is whenever we do these analysis and we go back and forth with our business partners you know when i'm showing them some data and then we see some results and if they if they tell me that something looks weird there that they don't expect that 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 should always happen you know if it should always be an open two way communication like that because mm-hmm. we are also analyzing things and it might be that we're making some mistakes in our analysis right and if the whole story makes sense at least to everybody then we have at least some confidence that we are doing the right thing so yeah that's why we have this explainability and communication very important yeah yeah actually you're triggering a lot of uh questions with with, with these uh, things I'm, I'm really curious uh, what, what are what are the next steps for instance uh, and, and what are your but also what what are what were great pitfalls uh, that you did you uh, encounter uh, maybe just to share what the what should we think of um well maybe i can start maybe Ernst, if you also have some some ideas for the future things we can uh, add at the end um so so far I would say one of our main, well, let's say, let's call it a pitfall or a, or a learning is that it takes time to get things correct. And what, uh, what Ernst mentioned with attribution is that there is no objective ground truth in attribution. So it's hard to optimize towards that because it doesn't really exist. Um, but what we can do is we have to find objective truths that we do have and optimize on those. And this was what we did last year with this uh, data trans, uh, yeah, the, the data transfer job to the cloud. Basically, our ground truth was, you know, this this file that existed before, the data that existed before. Yeah. You know? So we needed to make a same system that reproduces this as well. And then actually getting these two to align is for a most likely not possible to 100%. So most likely there will be some slight differences because of whatever reasons, uh, technical limitations, you know timestamps in UTC somewhere or things like that, doesn't matter. But the main thing is that you need to explain it. So you need to have, uh, what we had at the end was we had some certain differences, but uh, accounting for the things we found in the analysis, we could explain why this was this much different or this was that much different. So I, I think that this is this is one of our main learnings to to you know find the thing, maybe it's a very basic thing, but make sure that there's something that's testable to, to make sure that you're doing the correct thing. So this is that was in our first step. In the second step, our, uh, we're doing the same with orders. So basically, we're trying to reproduce all the orders that we have from our source data to our output because you know we have a source which is M2 data, 
and then we do a lot of transformations and logic on it, and then there's a certain output. We need to make sure that we don't lose anything in this whole process. And that's already a ground truth, right? This is something that you can base yourself on. You can see if something goes wrong with the job, then you're missing orders, right? It's not as easy to check these distribution, the distributions, but you know, off the top of my head, we could also do this by having different models. So let's say that we have you know, all these simple models and complex models. If we have them next to each other and we're doing something new on, a, on one of these models and we deploy it, and then we see that the results have nothing to do with any of the other models. This is really weird. Everything is skewed towards on end. This can be an indication that we did something wrong, right? So this is, I, I mean, at least for me personally, this is what I'm kind of, that keeps me up at night, you know, as can, can we make sure that things make sense and that they're valid? Right? And then for the future, we will, yeah, we'll just make sure that things are as valid as they can be before we roll things out to, to consumers. That's kind of the, the main thing. So the main thing, make it valid. And then um, I would say try to apply things in parallel. So try to apply the same uh, few uh, few simple models in parallel, or maybe with a, with a complex one on the side. And then and then also move towards uh, maybe that's the last thing, but I won't bore you with that. But the last thing would be to move towards a more streaming type of solution because currently uh, we do a certain uh, batch type of job where we, uh, once each hour we do processing and. Uh, Basically, this this is good for most cases. For most cases, we do not need more than even once a day attribution, to be honest. But for some cases, it will be necessary to go as as near real time as we can. So um, we we are currently at an hour in in terms of batches, but in the future, we also want to move to completely streaming so that we have everything live. Wow. So so that means that that I can choose to to switch on a channel or increase something on a specific channel. And that you will see directly your results in, in terms of conversion and, and, and determine what to do with it. Is that what you mean with real time? Uh, yes and no. Uh, real time, yes, you would immediately see some, some changes in the, in the conversions. But as, uh, as Ernst mentioned before, there is something called a direct access override. So uh, this is something that does not need to be in there, but it is by convention in there. Basically, when you override direct channels with some other channels okay, what's also yeah. important what's also important there is that there is a specific time window in which you do this overriding so there are a few days of overriding so uh, basically sometimes the results can lag a few days anyway because of things like this so but you know if we remove it then we'll have less lag but yeah. then there could be other potential things so yes the data will be updated real time but maybe maybe some global trends will be more clear after the week anyway so, but what can be very useful for this uh, in terms of um, real time is that uh, the like like somebody who 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 looks at the data real time will also be able to do it. So we have uh, our affiliate partners currently do have some sort of system which is more real time, and they can look at their you know how much to, today we how many orders today we were responsible for, and uh, we in order to replace that system we do need to go to real time, for example. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we go to the closing round, and do you have something to add to those uh, future things? Um, yeah. So I think the the most important part. I think even covered most of it. So uh, I think it's important to need have like uh, parity, as we call it, with our current uh, uh, system. So that before we move on with changing the logic, that we at least have our pipeline set up in such a way that we produce the right results. 
so I think that is definitely a next step. And I think the step after that is just exploring new possibilities in terms of logic, uh, seeing whether we can get actual journey relevance in there, uh, which would be really cool if we can make that into a, into a model. Um, so I think those are the next steps, at least from the data science perspective as well. We will keep an eye on the on those steps, I believe, uh, Peter Paul. <laughs> we will. Yeah. Okay. Peter Paul. Closing rounds, Peter. Yes. <laughs> so, what's your takeaway for our listeners, uh, gents? Shall I take it? Yeah. Uh, so the takeaway, I think the takeaway, especially with this kind of problem, is that you really need to. Uh, there's a lot of tiny, tiny details that mm -hmm. uh, go into this kind of thing. Uh, also in terms of logic, and I think it's really important that you, uh, you know, we kept people in the loop on these, uh, especially with such a sort of touchy subject of actually changing budgets. Um, so I think, uh, I think especially if you if you do this kind of project where you have a lot of business stakeholders involved, you know, it's really important to keep them in the loop and to know what uh, what they can expect and that they're all on board as well. Yeah, and my my takeaway would be uh, not very creative, but take it step by step. So when you're doing a project, uh, a big project, you make sure that all the steps are correct, split them up as much as you can, and make sure you don't really push on the next steps until you're sure that the previous one uh, is correct and makes sense. Because when something does go wrong, you don't want to think about uh, if your jobs you know, internal logic makes sense. You want to think about if something just broke with the pipeline or if something didn't trigger. So you want to, you want to fix simple things when something goes wrong and you want to keep the complex things for your development phase to make sure that you at least understand it in general. So do not skip over black boxes. Don't rush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Ernest uh, and Ivan for your, for your time. And I, while I was listening to your, your story, it made me realize that hey, you're, you are data scientists, you are engineers, but you gave me also the feeling that you're also marketeers. You have to know a lot of stuff about what's happening in that domain before you can translate that into uh, the models you're working on and, and make it value again for, for the, the choices they have to make about the channels. It's really amazing what, what you just shared in, in this 40 minutes. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for the, for that insights and for the learning again for us uh, and, and yeah. hope for, for the rest of the audience, of course. So uh, thanks for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having us. It was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!